Hello and welcome to Homebrew Hilarity. My name is Bennington Van Dam and I'm going to be your DM. I'd like to start off by just putting it out there that none of the people you're going to hear on this podcast are professionals, nor do we have a lot of experience. So bear with us as there's going to be a little awkwardness and please bear with us. The campaign we are running is heavily homebrewed with elements from Palladium's Rifts as well as classic 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, plus rules that we've come up with to fill in the blanks and gaps to try and meld the two very different systems together. Basically, this game is not a place for rules lawyers, so if you are one, please leave now. We have a lot of fun playing together, and we hope you will have a lot of fun listening. Now, I'm going to let my players introduce their characters and themselves, and then we will get started. Hi, I'm Boomy. Um, so I'm a, a 20-year-old airbender from the Northern Air Temple. Um, I'm a pretty pretty lean, toned, you could say. In reality, I'm pretty skinny. Uh, kind of short, uh, f- about 5'2", I believe. Um, I have very little hair, um, by preference. By preference, not because I'm going bald, not yet anyway. Um, I was uh, trained in the Eastern Air Temple. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of old-fashioned, but I'm super excited to learn more about the world, and I'm a big fan of just being outside and enjoying nature. Um, super spiritual, um, and I love to mess around with machinery. Uh, I love to work on my air glider, and I love to use it flying around in the skies. I have a, a fondness for my parents. I make sure to send them postcards at least once a week. That's all for, for Boomy. Oh, and my name is Alex, by the way. Hi, I'm JJ. My character's name is Chet. Chet's six foot, 190 pounds, born in the Republic. Uh, Chet isn't the most outward person, doesn't like to show his feelings that often, but uh, he cares about his friends, doesn't like bullying, and um, wants to make the world a better place in the in the long run. He likes to hoard weapons and is a bit of a bending arena fanatic. But all in all, Chet's a pretty cool guy. Alright. My name out of character is Mason, but my name in character is Bob, and I am a police officer from the Fire Nation. Alright. I graduated top of my class. And, um, now I have retired from, not really retired, but I've, uh, decided to join these guys in the army, and, yeah, my, I am 6'3", um, and I am, you could say, somewhat physically attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sexy. I was a police officer for years, like I said. In fact, I remember this one time when I was just going through my daily routine back in my cop days, when all of a sudden, in a back alley, after I had gotten lunch, I saw a man trying to steal a young kid's bike. The kid seemed to be resisting quite a bit. The man was holding a weapon and seemed ready to kill in order to get this kid's bike. I stuck up behind the man and held my gun to his head, demanding to let the child go. 
The burglar resisted arrest and focus, focused his attention on me while the child ran off to safety. We ended up running down many streets and alleyways until I eventually took his took a shot at his leg in an alleyway in order to stop him and show him a little mercy rather than straight up killing him. I, I walked to him in order to make the arrest, but the burglar attempted to stab me. I made the decision to kill him in self-defense, right then and there, shot him in the head. Even though his leg was severely wounded, this burglar was resilient, and because of that, I made the decision to kill. Well, I believe that if I had not intervened, that kid would no longer be with us today. But yeah, sorry, sidetracked. That's just a story from my cop days, no biggie. That's Bob. That's me. Alright, so then I want you guys to talk a little bit about our campaign so far. Since, you know, we weren't recording all of it. Just, you don't have to go into detail, just basic explanations. Mostly talking about the development of the story so far. So, so Boomy uh, enlisted... Uh, in this group because he wanted to see the world as uh, many young folks do and uh, he, he met Chet and Raven the name of our other companion who so nobly passed away uh, <clears throat> and uh, they've gone on several adventures together um, and uh, Boomy has really really grown in the process we've we've helped thwart a war between nations and, and we've uh, Travel to other universes to uh, execute the will of uh, the Republic. Um, otherwise, uh, I think uh, Chet probably has uh, some input here. Um, but uh, yeah, um, there's been some um, some really crazy things that have happened to us. Um, Chet's murdered several people in cold blood. Um, Boomy is not a fan of that, uh, but I think at least one of them would technically be considered manslaughter, not <laughs> murder. Sure, but sure. in general, yes, he's murdered a lot of people. It's self-defense. Uh, but other than the manslaughter, self-defense. You had a manslaughter. You had probably at least one or two where you could have taken them out without killing them. You mean when we did the um, yeah. drug? No, it wasn't. The uh, gambling den. The gambling right. ring that you guys oh, busted up. About that. Yeah. You could have taken a few more of those alive. I guess I couldn't have shot the son of bitch <clears> when we went with the militia to destroy the data yeah. on the bioweapon. You didn't need to explode that guy's Well, head those guys either. I was expecting you to kill. I didn't expect it to be as brutal as it was, because you fucking annihilated them. <laughs> but... You know, I, the police officer, was not aware of all of this. Yes, um, <laughs> you you should probably write this down in case you need to write a case for him later. He can't yeah. he can't arrest you guys. No, not right you now. You guys are part of a top secret military well, funded black. People sue site. the government all the time. Yes, they can go after the work. government. They can't go after well, you does. guys specifically. There. He can go after the government for sanctioning these ops, but he can't come after you guys specifically well, for performing. You guys are following. You were following orders. It's not your fault. It's not the soldiers. That's what fault. the Nazis said. It. Like, uh, what, what's that trial? Nuremberg or whatever? Nuremberg, when they're on trial, oh, I was following orders. Uh, that didn't stop them <laughs> from going to prison for, like, their entire lifetime. Or fleeing the law and then... It also, de- but it also depends on the extent that you go to. Because, like, 
your order is to kill this group of people, right? Mm -hmm. If you just go up and kill them, you were following orders. You go up and you take pleasure in it and you're very sadistic about it, that's too far. So if you want to make an argument that he's a little sadistic, then I would accept arresting him, yes. But I do not see any <laughs> sadistic traits in his kills so far. No, I, I so guess far. the only reason I mention it is because Boomy objects to uh, to murder in the most part. Uh, he uh, is not like seeing uh, lives wasted. Um, and he likes to help people uh, along their spiritual journeys uh, so they can reach, not enlightenment necessarily, but uh, their own sense of, like, fulfillment, I suppose. Uh, just fulfillment overall as far as, like, life goes, if that makes sense. Which it, do it doesn't, probably. I, 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 I know what you're saying. <laughs> I understand. <clears throat> makes sense to me. So... I don't know if Chet wants to jump in with any <clears throat> insights that he's had about our comrade Raven or any of our adventures. Um, quite the shame that Raven wandered off by herself and got separated and nobly died. And no, no, I, I don't no, think it's so not. noble. Uh, Chet tried to save her, but uh, by the time the wall was raised, she was uh, dead in a pool of her own blood. In the labyrinth, correct? Yeah. In the yeah so to specify for since these guys are being very forthcoming with the details, they were sent on a rescue mission at one point, and they found themselves in a magical labyrinth that was constantly changing, and so they couldn't find their way back out even if they tried. And there were walls dropping, locking them into certain areas until they defeated certain challenges. Most of those challenges involved fighting an enemy or a group of enemies. And at one point, uh, the player Kevin, playing Raven decided to go into a small chamber without the rest of the party, <clears throat> got himself locked in there, and did not survive that fight. So the other two, these two, tried to get in, but the wall was too strong for them, and by the time it allowed them in, she was already dead. But then her spirit came back later to assist us. Um, yes, because of one of Alex's abilities, one of his feats, he's able to see and talk to and commune with certain spirits, and since her spirit had not yet left them, she was able to, with Alex's help, manifest herself and a couple other spirits to help save their lives later on in the fight. Yes, because we're... A fight that they would not have been in trouble during if they had a third party member. <laughs> they're about to get killed pretty, pretty quickly. They got themselves slow. cornered by about a dozen little enemies. Twelve ants, eight spiders or something like that? Yeah, something like that. It was a lot of them. Yeah. There's still like six or seven at, left. At the point that Raven stepped in, there were six left. And you guys each had probably a good like five, six kills. Anyways, <clears throat> anything else you guys wanted to say about what's happened so far? Chet's doing his best to kill less. So, um, there are some uh, fan favorite characters uh, in this campaign so far. Uh, we've got our Zuko, who uh, isn't a ripoff from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. He's of his own character. Of course not. <laughs> Actually, no. It, the, I stole the Zuko. names and the Zuko. elements of oh, each of those. Zuko. But. The actual personalities I made on myself. Yes. 
Uh, and then we have Uncle Iroh, who is a uh, very awesome, super cool dude. Give you some magic to his shoulder. Yes. Some magic tea, some magic flasks. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we have uh, Katara, and uh, the Bowler, as well as uh, Gyatsu. Gyatsu, uh, who are our commanding generals. Well, Uncle Iroh is not one of your generals. Well, he is not. But uh, but Katara, Zuko, the Bowler, and yeah, they're admirals. Um. So they're they're sort of in charge of us. They assign us missions. Um. Uh, we're part of a, a super secret team, travels the universe. Uh, we're multiverse. The multiverse. Multiverse. And regardless, uh, we're part of this uh, team of uh, super secret ops execute missions all across the multiverse. Okay, so you guys returned from the Peace Planet. Uh, only Chet and Bob were on that mission. Boomy was taking care of some personal things that the others don't really know about, so we're not going to elaborate on that too much. Um, you guys return from the Peace Planet. You have three days between then and your next assignment. So if there's anything specific you guys are going to try and do, otherwise we can just jump straight into the briefing. Um, Boomy's going to um, write out his postcard. Okay. Um, from the East Coast Cliff, and he is gonna send that. The one you acquired on the second mission. Yes. And he's gonna send that uh, address to his parents. Okay. Oh, hey, Boomy. Just so you know, each of us has like uh, thousands of credits now. You so guys got a lot of money. Lots of postcards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We, we ended up with a lot of uh, credits while you were gone. I think I added them to your sheet them. already, Alex. I spent lots. Uh, I have yeah, 558. Yeah, I, spent I don't know. Lot, really. I don't think you got because they they got them while you weren't there, so most yeah. of them was split between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. But you did get you yeah. did receive your your paycheck. Okay. Could I roll to see how well I uh, write this postcard out? Uh, only if you're writing a story, because that would require your creative writing. Yes. Uh, or I... if you're trying to write it super fancy and you have calligraphy. I'm going to creatively write um, a description of uh, the past few months, what I've been up to. Okay. <clears throat> um, yes, I succeed. Uh, okay. 17. Um, to clarify for listeners who don't know what he's talking about, real quick, uh, because we're doing the riffs heavily, it's have more. we're doing more riffs than 5e, so skill checks are done with percentiles and then they have a percentage for each of their skills. That that's how proficient they are in that skill. They have to roll a percentile underneath, or at or underneath that number in order to succeed on a skill check. <clears throat> if the skill check, or not skill, if the proficiency is at or exceeds 98%, then um, they can. There's only two chance, two percent chance of failure. Even if they're over 100, there's always that two percent chance of failure. So 99 and 100 is always a fail. Alright, um, so you got below your proficiency, so you succeed, you're great at writing. So you sit down to write this postcard, right? And you're just thinking about everything that has transpired since your last message, because it has been a while. You try to get them once a week, but it has been quite a while since you sent them a letter. And so you're thinking about all this time, <clears throat> and you channel the Greek greats. You're in our ancient Greek writer. And you write an epic 
that would go down in history. And you write yourself out to be this big, amazing hero, you and your party, right alongside Perseus and Odysseus and all of the greats from ancient Greece. Wow. So it is, you You finish writing this and you look at it and you're like, damn, I should publish this thing. Yeah, I probably shouldn't send it to you. I'm going to um, put a stamp on it, stick it on the postcard, and give it to the, the mail person. Um, and then they go and redact almost the entire thing. Oof. Because everything you just wrote is highly classified. Okay, well... Um, but there's still hello and I love you. I, so. <laughs> Those are not redacted. That is correct. But every name is redacted. Every place, every hit that you are leaving, the universe, every basically the entire thing is redacted. They know you're okay. You know you're having fun. You've got a cool group of friends, and you love them. That's about all they get. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Uh, so perfect. SCP document. So I'll cross that off with my. Uh character sheet there, no longer have that postcard. Alright, so after those three days, uh, Katara calls you in for a briefing. Uh, so she tells you, we are sending you on another recon mission. It's been a little while since you guys had one of these. Uh, this time it's to the world dubbed U-101. Uh, we discovered this world a while back, but all our probes failed to send back the usual amount of data that we receive. Uh, we have attempted six times to send our probes, and each time the only information we've been able to receive is that the atmosphere is very similar to ours, but for some reason it does have a uh, slightly higher sodium count. For some reason, like our, our probes normally don't pick up sodium in the actual atmosphere, but that is being picked up here, but it also has the nitrogen oxygen that we are accustomed to, so we should be able to survive in the environment. We can choose what part of the globe the rift opens in, so we've sent them all over as spread out as we possibly could. And each time we receive very similar images from our probes. Uh, we haven't been able to locate any signs of land. Everything that we've been able to see has been open ocean so far. We haven't really been able to spot any ships, but we believe that's just due to the altitude and we haven't spotted any sign of land. The council, which as you guys know, is not part of the military, they are the council that runs the Republic itself, has discussed this matter and they agree that we should send a manned team to investigate why our probes keep malfunctioning and to try and figure out as much as we can about this world. So that is your mission. You guys have any questions before we send you out? Yes! Uh, no, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> yes! That's a big question for me. Um, I told you guys you don't have to do voices. So Boomy uh, is going to uh, respectfully uh, ask her um, what uh, what sort of precautions we're going to be taking, like any sort of uh, additional equipment that we should be bringing with us uh, to ensure that, assuming um, we run into trouble, um, especially with the atmosphere, it sounds like we'll have some sort of backup plan or backup equipment to help <clears> us. So we don't expect problems such as you're describing. Um, we believe that your, your vessel will be just fine, but we think the main problem with our probes hasn't been the probes themselves malfunctioning. We believe it's just the sensors or the ability to send the data back to us through the, the wormholes that we create for you to travel through. 
So what we have done is we've outfitted the sensors to immediately start sending data to us just to try and expedite that um, that process. That way, if your sensors do cut out, we'll have the maximum amount of data possible. But as far as your vessel itself, we don't foresee any problems. Would Boomy know if they recover their probes? Like, uh, is it they, they usually try to, yes. Have they managed to... Uh, I should specify. The... Normally, it's the man. The first man team recovers the probe. Because normally, you only send one. Oh. But because they've been having problems with them, they've sent more. So they'll have to send more teams. But you guys will be sent to one of the locations of the probe where the probe came through a wormhole. So your part of your mission will be to recover that probe, yes. Because you are the first man team. Uh, Boomy will, will thank her and then step back and then sort of like scratch his chin in contemplation. Do either of you guys have questions? I don't believe so. Alright, well then we're going to send you out. Let's get you guys to your ship and good luck. Mm -hmm. Alright, so you guys go to your fancy multiversal traversal, multiverse traversal craft. That's a mouthful to say. MTL, huh? Wait no. Yeah. MTC. Let's see. Yeah, craft. <laughs> Alright, so you guys go. You get in your craft. You take off. Your base is inside of a mountain. So you take off out the hangar that's in the side of the mountain. Fly up into the upper atmosphere of your planet. And then there is a device attached. It's inside of your ship. A beam shoots out of the, towards the bottom of the, the front. And then goes about um, 50 feet or so in front of you, creating the wormhole that you guys are going to travel through, also called a rift. And then you guys fly through it, and it's an instantaneous travel. There's no weird time in between where you guys are just in, like, dead space. It's instantaneous. You emerge in the upper atmosphere of a similar but different planet. Uh, looking down from the sky, you can see that so far the reports are... 100% accurate. All you can see from here is water. You cannot see any sign of land. Uh, and then the rift stays open a little while, so you guys can send data back. But as you know, it's not going to stay open, and definitely you have to reopen one to you know, get back open. You guys emerge. see just water, and uh, the, that's all you can see. Um. Do we see a lot of like cloud cover? Is this a normal looking sky? Uh, it this... looks very basic. There's not a lot of clouds, but there's not no clouds either. It's just, it's just you know, it doesn't. There's nothing abnormal to what you see, other than the fact that you can't see land from anywhere, like in any direction. You guys are in the upper atmosphere. You're almost out of this planet's atmosphere, and you can't see land. Do we see storms from where we are? Like any uh, sort of probably like one, two, maybe okay. periodically, but. Nothing, again, nothing out of the ordinary. Not like, there's no massive hurricane or anything like that. Just might see like a cluster of dark clouds. Is or there anything in our site currently that would indicate a shallow spot in the water? Uh, you're any... way too high to tell. Oh, we're still too high. You okay. are way too high to tell. Can um, Boomy keep an eye out for other craft? Like, uh, like aircraft? Atmosphere? Yeah. Yeah, you can specifically look for those, yeah. Yeah. Specifically, so you're looking for any sign of man made satellites? Flying craft, like jet planes or something similar to what you're in or anything like that. Yes, but also just anything like in the air with us. Okay. Uh, just in case. Uh, yeah, from this height, there's no birds or anything like that. You don't see any craft. As as you were looking for those craft, 
Uh, and yes, JJ, stealth, yes. Standard procedure, your ship is currently cloaked. And um, so yeah, as you're looking, you go to, you're looking out the window for those. You guys are probably looking at sensor data, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, looking at the data, you do see that uh, it is as Katara mentioned, the atmosphere is completely survivable, but for some reason your sensors are also picking up sodium, specifically sodium chloride salt. Weird for it to be in the atmosphere, especially this high. Uh, and then you're only there for like 30 seconds. It has not been that long. You haven't even started your descent yet. And Mr. Boomy, because he's the only one looking out a window currently, because you guys are looking at your screens and everything, you notice around the outer hull of the ship that there appears to be some sort of energy, like sparks starting to crackle and form around your ship, and not just on the hull, but in the immediate vicinity as well. Are we wearing any sort of protective equipment, any gear? like You're powder? wearing your standard and your regular armor. You want to turn to the guys and be like, hey. As, as you turn to say something, you don't even get any, any sound out. You haven't had a chance to speak yet. You all hear a massive crack of thunder as your ship is hit by lightning and some alarms go off start going off a little bit losing altitude you're spiraling down your engines are completely dead <clears throat> most of your sensors are out after a few seconds of falling the alarms cut out you were completely for impact you were completely out of power are there any parachutes in the ship no and then you guys smash into the ocean so first we're going to deal with the lightning so i need a physical prowess save from all of you so explain to our viewers stats are done very differently in rifts so there is the iq there is the mental affinity there is mental endurance physical endurance physical powers physical strength physical beauty and speed and so for a save they have to roll d20 underneath whatever they have for that specific stat. So in this case, their physical prowess is their PP. So who succeeded their save? Critical I, success. I did. All right, everybody passes their save. So you guys don't actually take damage from the lightning. So the lightning hits, your ship goes down. There is energy that arcs from console to console, but you guys manage to avoid taking any damage from it. So you might, like... You feel the static, the tingliness from the electricity, but you don't actually get zapped like, around. Like our hairs. Are like, scary. yeah, your hair is all, like, on your head. Well, Boomy yeah. doesn't really have anything to stick up on his head. But <laughs> your hair sticks up all over your body. You feel the electricity, mm -hmm. but it's not a direct hit, so you guys aren't affected by damage. Uh, and then, because your ship plummets literally thousands of feet and smashes into the ocean... I'm going to roll some bludgeoning damage. Another PP save to take half. I, I did not succeed. Alright, who passed? Oh, Bob's <laughs> the only failure. Okay. So that is 11 points of damage for Bob, and then 6 points for the other two. That's to my armor, correct? Armor first, and then yourself, so yes. You said how much? 
Uh, you took 11. 11, okay. Okay. Um, if anybody has any sort of military or knowledge skill that they want to use in this situation, otherwise you guys can... I will help you with information, otherwise you guys have to figure out what to do next. Okay. Um, so... Are we actively sinking? Does it look like it, our our ship is is going underwater? Are we uh, no, you, you check, and there is no hull damage as far as you can. No, I shouldn't say damage. No hull breaches as far as you can tell. Okay. And because of the pocket of air inside of your craft, it is enough that you guys are floating. Um, do we have any sort of uh, flotation devices within the craft? Yes. Uh, you probably have basic life vests. Well, that's not going to very far off. That's holy water. Um, and do you have any, like, self-contained suits? Any sort of, like... Like airtight suits sort of thing? Um, more so for, like, breathing. Like, do we have, like, any any suits that would allow us to breathe in the like, sport like, atmosphere? You're looking for scuba gear, is what you're talking about. Um, not Air necessarily. Tanks? Um, but yes. I guess, uh, it would, it would, uh... Work out to be the same type of thing. What I meant is like we're in a foreign atmosphere. There's sodium in oh, the atmosphere. Oh, to survive, to yes. breathe. Um, so we're going to be breathing um, this in. So they did not think it necessary because of the sensor data they had. Yes. They believed the atmosphere to be 100% breathable. It just might taste a little salty. Okay. But you do have standard, like part of what's always on the ship. You will have. You can grab a face mask, respirator, sort of thing. Okay. Guys, <laughs> I'm just not gonna do that anymore. But uh, you don't have to. I don't uh, do this. <laughs> we should we should totally grab our uh, our standard respirators here. Uh, I suggest we we grab some life vests and then figure out how we're gonna um like sort of create a craft for ourselves because I don't think we can propel our our ship at this point. What do you what do you guys think? Any any thoughts? Should should we stay here just a little longer? We don't have any electricity on our ship, correct? That's true. That's correct. You're completely out of power. Okay. Um. I guess that. I guess yeah. We can't do much here. Can we? Um. We could. We could uh, rig a sail up on onto our little craft. Uh. And uh, I could blow wind in the sail and then steer us in a certain direction. But I don't know how effective that will be. <clears throat> now that we're in the water. Now that we're actually down here. Sure. Do I see, now do I see anything that would indicate shallow spots? Um, or, or is it all like ocean? <clears throat> in order to try and do that, you would have to open the hatch. Okay. You are current so the majority of your your yeah. windows currently are pointing up into the sky. Oh. So in order okay, to survey sure. the surrounding area, you'll have to open the door, which is also up. Okay. I think we should we should wait before we open <clears throat> any um any doors or windows, uh, just to make sure that you know the environment. Is... Yes, but also uh, I don't want water to come flooding into. Uh, well, if it's well, up, yeah, it, it, it is up, but but it's up right now. Uh, there are waves, and they're buffeting against us. I imagine since this is an ocean. This is an ocean. Yes. So uh, we're not always going to be facing up. Uh, I don't know how calm the water is around us right now. It, right now, you don't feel a lot of rocking. Again, you can't really see the ocean. You can't because. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, in the ocean. The only way for you to see out is into the sky. But I, I assume our ship was never designed to be in water at uh, any given point. Your ship was not built 
with the express idea that it would have to be in a condition such as this, but it is built to be airtight, so space. presumably it would also be watertight, unless there's a hull breach, which Alex already checked for. Sure, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, do you guys? But I should also for... remind you, because it's airtight, you're relying on oxygen scrubbers, and you're out of power. So you guys only have so much oxygen before you're going to start having problems. Um, Are rations? Food rations? Ah, uh, yes, you guys would have rations. Okay. For how long, roughly? Uh, probably, this was expected to be a short mission, so you probably have enough for each of you to eat, you know, three square meals a day for about a week. Or two for a little you If you ration it a little more, you can make it last more than a week. But if you guys are eating your normal amount that you normally eat, it's about a week. So I can't see land in any direction. We don't know if there's any land like within however many miles. Um, so I think we should secure our way to keep ourselves afloat um, and alive out in the open water. So I think that's the first thing we should do. Start thinking of that. And then we can, we can start investigating our surroundings after we have secured a means of not drowning. The party has ventured out to explore a new world, only to crash into the ocean with no power. Boomy has taken charge and made a plan. Will it be enough to survive? There's only one way to find out. We'll see you next time on Homebrew Hilarity.